Welcome to one more edition of Politics on Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Today, we have a very special guest. I am honored to be with Benjamin Dixon. Ben Dixon, on, on TV, you usually hear about him. Benjamin Dixon is the creative director for East and 42nd and host of Like It or Not with Benjamin Dixon. He is a journalist that unearthed the audio clips of presidential candidate and former New York Mayor Mike Bloomberg advocating controversial stop and frisk policies. He has written for The Guardian, and he sometimes appear on The Majority Report with Sam Cedar. And guess where he appears now with Politics Done Right? Ben, it's my pleasure to have you here. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. That was a heck of an introduction. So thank you so much for that. And I'm more than honored to be here with you today. Well, look, let me tell you, you do some very good work. And I want to, I want to take you back to 2015. Yeah. You are on your uh, Facebook page, 42nd and uh, East and 42nd, you have a, the first video out there is a good microcosm of why we need independent media by all. Yeah. You did that video about the black father. Oh, I mean, wow. About that interview. I, I, I didn't tell you I was going to talk about that. Oh, I but forgot I all about that video. Said, you know what? I want to start this interview with that wow. because that is the exact reason why we must have independent media yeah. by people of all ethnicities, etc. Yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that yeah. video. Um, you know, it, it really was, it was my first video. It literally was the first video I ever put out. Um, and it came as a result of um, somebody, they were well-meaning and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not one of those super, I'm, I'm sufficiently woke. But right. I'm not one of those super woke who can't take a, 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 a compliment. But there was a white couple that passed by our table at dinner back in 2015. And, and they were like, oh, your kids are so well behaved. And I'm like, thank you. But then I thought about it and I processed it. And I'm like, but this is just kind of like what we do. You know, I know it's not everybody. Not every father is a good father, you know, whether you're black, white or other, you know, but, you know, from my family, this is just what we do with my friends, my circles, like we do, we pour everything we can into our children and into our family units. And so I just wanted to make the statement that I'm just an average black father, like whatever accolades people give me in terms of like my beautiful family, it's like, but this is what I see, you know, I know the narrative is not like that in, in the media, but exactly why we need an independent media, because in, in every aspect of my world, everywhere I travel from the religious experience, when I used to be a part of the black church, real heavy to the political world like i'm just an average black father i'm not something special so that was the the, the spirit behind that very first video i completely forgot about it man <laughs> thanks for bringing that's a throwback well i mean what what's interesting about it uh ben is that what i find right is anytime i get a call or it used to be anytime i get a call that somebody wanted you on their uh, on their network or whatever it is usually to talk about black issues that's right it. Yep. Now, interestingly, when I started doing this yay yonder with the coffee party and other organizations, yeah, okay. I never, yeah, I never covered black issues. I covered right. issues. If right. one of them happened to be black, right, it is okay. It is what it is. Right. It is what it is. And so I, I, I but, but the interesting thing is I also made the cognitive, I, I actually decided that I wasn't going to cover them unless it was substantive because again, I didn't want to be typecast, right? Right, right. But still, what we find is a lot of times when we're called, that is what we're called for. What I was impressed with, which you did some stints at MSNBC, 
uh, either MSNBC or CNN. I don't quite remember which one it was. Yeah, and I, I mostly MSNBC, and I've done uh, one spot on CNN, if I remember. Right. Correctly. Yeah, yeah. What I found is that they they asked you a multitude of questions, not yeah. solely relegated to race. So tell me about yeah. how you made that transition, because I can look at the earlier times and see that they uh, they would want you to talk a lot of race, but then they started yeah. to realize, well, you know, this guy is a lot deeper than just talking about racial issues. Talk to me a little bit about that. Well, first, let me say thank you for having me on. Thank you for these questions, because I don't ever get asked these questions, and I appreciate these questions. I... um. I'm black and I'm unapologetic about my blackness. I think that the solution to uh, the majority of what else this country can be found in the black experience because black people have had to survive this country. We ha we've had to survive slavery, Jim Crow, white supremacy. Uh, heck, we have had to survive the greed of American capitalism. And, and so I'm very unapologetic about my blackness. But that said, it's like, don't typecast me because, you know, not and, and don't typecast anyone who's black because we've studied America. We've studied foreign policy. We've studied economics, literally. I, my, my, you know, my undergrad is in economics. My master's is in political science with a focus on international relations. I'm almost done with a PhD. I just ran out of money a couple of years ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that was before I got rid of Michael Bloomberg. I couldn't finish my PhD in international relations. But we've studied these things because we study them because it's our life. And so, you know, to limit us on their media channels to just talk about race is such a disservice to the wide range of expertise that you get when you talk to a, a, a black person, just, just like you would talk to anyone. Don't typecast anyone. Yeah. You know, what, what's interesting is um, you, you said it right, but uh, you also, earlier you spoke about white supremacy, et cetera. Mm. That actually feeds into white supremacy because as mm. it turns out, the only yes. way we can have white supremacy is if the majority of white people think that you are the other and you live some yes. sort of a sub life and or something, in order or something exotic like ooh what are you that that also like no we're we're human beings who are studying the same problems you're studying I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off. no no please do I, I I please do continue yeah no but that's 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 the the spirit of it right what you said you said that that feeds into white supremacy right typecasting black voices brown voices muslim voices like what i what what the reason i'm doing it the way i'm doing it now which is is independent like you know we we eastern 42nd is a media company that we built my wife and i we built and my partner um we we're building it so that we can tell not just our stories, but we can speak on the issues without someone first typecasting us, right? And, and, and wanting to have our voices without what we actually want to say. I don't know if you've ever run into this, and I'm sure you have. You've been doing this long enough to run into it. People love to have tokenism. Like they love to have a black person who will come on and say stuff that they want to hear, right? So in that way, they want to hear our voices, but they don't sometimes genuinely want to hear what we have to say because what we have to say really upends this system because, like I said, we've been studying it and we have a good tap on what's going on in this country. So it's, it's, it's just really a fascinating balance that you have to take because my first time being on mainstream media, they wanted me to talk about race. And I, you know, there was the CNN uh, segment and I pivoted right to the issues that I talk about best, which are economic issues. And, and I have to give it to MSNBC. Like they, they're, most of their invites for me have been about politics and national politics and, and rarely about like just a race component. But if they let me talk long enough, then of course, of course, race plays into a, everything that it happens plays into in economics. Country. Absolutely. Capitalism. But, uh, yes. Uh, yes. 
Yeah. So I'm sorry. Go ahead, man. I I, I want to hear you. Well, <laughs> I'm enjoying well, the conversation. I want I, I want to tell you a, a story. Two actually two minor stories, uh, because it, it feeds into exactly what you said. I I interview a lot of people. I interview, uh, you know, I have a lot of white friends, black friends, all kinds of friends. And this uh, this woman was good friend of mine. She was trying to. Uh, with what's been going on in the country, get her church to be more inclusive. Most of them believe yeah. they don't have a racial problem. She's in an all white mm. church. And she, she had enough confidence in me to talk to me. And we started talking on a zoom, a private zoom. Mm. And she said she wanted to self-examine herself uh, because she grew up in the South. And she said, there's not a possibility that I couldn't hold racial, some sort of racial issue. So she said she self-examined. And then she said, you know what I found, Egberto? She says, I am, um, I don't, I like living in an integrated community, but I think I would have an issue if I were the minority in the oh. community. She had mm. enough confidence in me to tell me that story. Mm. And then she said, um, and then I said, why? And then she said, maybe because I think they wouldn't want me. Maybe mm. because, and she, she gave, she says she's not sure, but she gave all these reasons, right? And then I asked her, I said, look, this is a private conversation. We are talking on Zoom. May I use this conversation? Because I think your honesty could teach a whole lot of people that yeah. because she says she's trying to overcome it, right? Right, right. And she said, you think it'll make a difference? And I said, of course it will. And she put it out there. So the reason I'm telling that story, it is because there are certain things, even, even these, the progressives that we talk about, right? It is Come intrinsic on. as well, that, that same racial attitude it's just that they're on the progressive side trying to do things by policy better than yeah. on the other side yeah one other quick one i at at, at um at um netroots i'm always at netroots on radio yeah. row etc yeah. and we were at netroots and after the black lives matter incident with bernie sanders occurred we saw people typing i've never been scared as scared like this before in my <laughs> life we that were was talking. 2015 too, right? It was like 2015, yes. 2016. Yeah, yes. I remember that. And this yeah. was Tia Oso and all these other activists that were the ones that, that were doing it. And yeah. then yeah. then I went outside and I wanted to do interviews. So I'm, I am talking to these guys and I saw these four white guys and a white girl. They were there talking together. And I said, great, let me go up and talk to them. Hey, what do you think about the Black Lives Matter event that we just, I mean, the Black Lives yeah. Matter insurrection <laughs> that we just had there in, in, in at the net It was roots. Arizona back then. I, I'm trying to remember, but yeah. Yes, yeah, it was remember, Arizona. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. uh, one of the guys said, ah, you didn't want to talk. And then uh, she said, I'll say something. And then the other guy said, uh, okay, you go be there. Go be his token white. This is at net roots. Fascinating. Net roots. So I wrote, I, I didn't only write her story. I wrote the story about what occurred to show that we as progressives, right? Wow. Suffer the same. We are humans. That's what it is. We are humans. Whether yeah. you're right or left, the right yes. believes in, in doing things a certain way, the left in, uh, in a, but let's not try to make the racial thing somehow on one side only. Yes. Thank you for sharing those stories with me because one of the number one problems we've had um, that I've had personally, professionally, politically, um, and quite frankly, this country has had, has been the problem of white progressives understanding how even if they're well-intentioned, they still are a part of a system that has to be addressed. And the best way I can explain the emotional pain and embarrassment and their reticence to address it is to compare it to the conversations that I've been really 
hesitant about having with my wife about how um, as woke as I think I am, I still have a role in this patriarchal system, even if it's the role I play in my household. Right. I don't want to have those conversations, but I have to have them if I'm going to really honor what I believe. And what I believe in is a liberation of all people from all people. No one should be subservient to anyone in a power structure. We are all human. We are all human beings. We all have the wonderful gift of sentience. We all have the wonderful gift of, of consciousness and life. And so if my true motivation is the liberation of all people, then I have to take a moment and pause and reflect the way in which I serve as an oppressor. And it sounds weird as being a black man saying that, but you know, after being in the pandemic with my wife for the last year, I had to learn some things about myself that I didn't want to hear. And, and I think progressives, especially white progressives, I need you to understand that lesson. It's like, it's not comfortable. It's not fun to understand how you've been complicit with the system and how sometimes your own words, like you mean well, I mean well. I've never, my wife would tell you that I'm probably the, the best husband she could have ever married and I mean well, but at the same time, meaning well doesn't mean you're not a part of a broken system that has to be addressed. And as so long as progressive white progressives ignore that reality, we're going to be continuously failing to obtain power to make the kind of changes that we want to make. Because black people listen, black people hear, they may never say it, you know, as, as, as clearly to us as they said it to you, but we feel it at an intuitive level, like we kind of just know it. And, and, and those are issues that we have to address because we need to, we need to solidify this allyship, um, this, 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 this solidarity that we have between us. We need to solidify it because we have some serious fights that we need to fight together. Man, Ben, what you brought up was deep. It goes with the church. And yeah. not, it's less centralized on black church. It goes with the black church that has that horrendous patriarchy as well. Still and, to this uh, day. <laughs> you, you know, so much so that a certain, a larger percentage of men supported, you know, whom in chief. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but, um, but again, I'm glad that you said that because personally I've had to, you know, I'm black, I'm Latino, I'm Caribbean. Mm. Okay. Mm -hmm. All these things in one, one package, which means I came with all those sins, right. right. Uh, homophobia. Yeah. Sexism. It's deep in, in where I'm from, and I, I can honestly say I've overcome them uh, because, again, it, being intentional, as you spoke about earlier with your wife, and understanding that if we are talking about liberating, we yes. have to make sure that all women, all men, black, white, every, absolutely every oh, identity. You know, uh, somebody asked me one time, they said, Egberto, you are always doing identity politics. And I'm like, why? Uh, I'm not necessarily racial politics, but identity politics. Right. And I'm like, I want identity politics. You have to have identity Come politics on. until identity doesn't make a difference. Right. But until it does, we have to take care of if women are discriminated apart in this format, we have to take care of that. If, if black folk are discriminated in this format, we take care of it. If white poor people are discriminated right. in this particular format, right. we have to take care of it. And, right. and, and that is where it, that, that is where we are supposed to land. And so, so I think we how, how is it that this is the first time we're speaking together, man? Like we 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 are we're part of the same same tribe. Like I'm from Mississippi, so I don't. I, I mean, I'm not from the Caribbean. I'm, I'm, I'm from the <laughs> South, brother. I'm from the yeah. South. I'm from Panama. <laughs> so so, but, but you know, like what you're saying is speaks to my heart at a level that I'm so glad to be doing this interview with you because like we have we have identity specific problems in this country. Right. Right. 
And so until we address those identity specific problems, you better sure as hell believe we got to talk about identity politics. But then we also have to be flexible enough to understand how systems can use identity politics as a way to maintain white supremacy, capitalism, right. all these other problems that we have. So, uh, man, oh, man, thank you for inviting me. on. <laughs> Look, there's another terminology that I've started to use, and that is because, you know, I've, 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 I think we've all figured this out. And that is, uh, you know, a lot of people look at white supremacy and they look at mm. their white brothers and sisters, my white neighbors, etc. And right. they're, OK, they're white supremacists and all of that. And the fact of the matter is, no, the fact right. of the matter is, my those all those white people that are at these progressive events that are mostly white generally speaking you've been to them you see them yes okay we are trying to solve a, a national problem but they're mostly white and and there's structural pro reasons why they yeah. these are the folks that have more money they don't have to go to work they can do these things so that's understood right but they are not they are victims themselves Mm. of white <laughs> supremacy a lot of people don't like when i say that but let me let me try break to it down because I, I get it but break it down for right me. white supremacy isn't for them they are the tools of white supremacy white yeah. supremacy is there for the plutocracy in other words the very top few it's a it's a it's a caste system yes and absolutely. you can use identities to, to actually work your caste system. And what if it's one of the biggest identities? White. If you can control whites <laughs> by putting them above the others and say, yes. you have some power because you are not them. Yeah, yeah. You can keep those white, that white level under control. So there's another concept that I try to teach people about our, our form of capitalism. And that is, remember, we are all what, what, what I call antiseptic slaves. So whereas slavery was, was color-based, right now, you don't know it, but we're all antiseptic slave. You doubt it? Mm. it try, try to change the system on your own. You <laughs> watch this. Not only try to change the system on your own, um, watch how the system responds to you no matter what color you are if you try to, to, to address capitalism, right? If you try to address white supremacy underneath. Right, we saw this in the, with the George Floyd protest. One of the things that, that broke me, but also encouraged me was seeing so many quote unquote soccer moms, whatever, however people want to label them out there protesting on behalf of black lives. It was a beautiful thing to see. What also broke me was that the fact that cops were like, we don't care. We don't care if you're a white soccer mom and wine mom or liberal or anything. They were beating down those, those, those moms. They cracked the skull of that brother, uh, our white brother in Buffalo. Those cops mm -hmm. just got off the this week, like they got off with it, and 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 it shows me that you know this system will crush anybody it has to in order to preserve that power structure that you're Prescient. talking about. It will destroy anybody, and 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 you're absolutely right. It is a system. James Baldwin spoke to this right uh, in his in his uh, debate with William F. Buckley, I believe it was at Cambridge, and he was talking about the the woman at the Western Union, who he clearly is making way more money than at that time, but at least she had the 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 feeling and the sensation of at least I'm not black, right? right. But here she is, a poor woman working at the counter at Western Union, having to cash his checks. Uh, but she still had an air of arrogance towards him. Little did she realize how much of a victim of the system she was herself. Exactly. And, you know, I, I think and, and I think that is where we as progressives uh, sort of fail. And what I think we mm. can do as independent with independent media. Right. 
we mm -hmm. have to show the commonality between, you know, I have a, a, a phrase I use on my show all the time. When we unite Appalachia, it's a, it, first of all, it's a stereotype, but you're going to get it. When yeah, we yeah. unite Appalachia, the ghettos and the barrios, mm. we are going to win this fight. Because right now, all the forces are kept to keep poor white people or average white folk away from yeah. black folk away yeah. from Latino folks. Houston is a majority minority city, yeah. but the power base in Houston, Texas, where I'm based, isn't. And why? Because you have all these other people fighting for crumbs uh, because they don't realize they can actually have the entire pie. <laughs> you gotta be careful with all that revolutionary talk you're talking there, brother. <laughs> <laughs> They'll come after us, we talk like that too much. Uh, but what you're speaking to really cuts to the core of the, of, uh, of the life of Fred Hampton in the new movie that's out, Judas and the Black Messiah, right? Yes. One of the that he really focused on very, like a laser was the ability to unite um, not with not unite with with racist or, or 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 Nazis or anything of that sort, but to unite with poor white people who could understand that the way out of this broken system was through solidarity, and and that solidarity didn't ask for us to ignore race. See, there are people who want us to make some alliances today in 2021 that require that we ignore identity. Right? No, no. Fred Hampton was trying to build something where we understand the role that we all play in the oppression of each other. But if we recognize that way that we oppress each other, then we can look and see who the real oppressor is, which is the top 1% and all the exactly. ruling Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And you know, the thing about uh, trying to, look, I, 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 I tell folks, I will always want Italian food, soul food, Chinese food, all yeah. these kind of foods. Uh, you know, uh, coming together doesn't mean losing one's identity Absolutely. as the masses would like you to believe, you know? Uh, I like my Panamanian food. And you know who is one of the best uh, cookers of Panamanian foods? My American wife. There you go. You there know, you go. Uh, my, awesome. so my, my Southern wife who knows how to make, she can make uh, greens and she can make arroz con pollo. Ah. You know? <laughs> I love it. Listen, when this is all over, you know, half of my family lives in, in Houston. So first of all, I, I'm, I'm glad you look like you're doing well, despite that, that weather that you guys yes. are having there. Glad everyone is safe. But when this is all over, I'm coming to Houston. <laughs> and you know what? You, you'll have a place to stay, my brother. But anyhow, we, you know, I just kind of wanted to have a chat with you, uh, pick yeah. your brain on a few things. And, and, and I think we spoke of, as far as how important independent media is, especially so that somebody like you can yeah. get a real message out as opposed mm -hmm. to, uh, you know, stereotyping as opposed yeah. to putting you in a box or whatever. What yeah. would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? When I when when you can come on my show and I would like to schedule you like next week or something. <laughs> I, I'll be on your show whenever you want me on your show, man. I have a whole lot of respect for you. I think you do very, very Thank good you. work. And not only that, I think we need a hell of a lot more of you. Thank you. Uh, we need young. I imagine you're a millennial or a gen millennial. I am. I am. You, you nailed it. Like I'm right on the cusp. I'm a, a 1980 baby. So like, depending on who you ask, I'm a millennial or a Gen Xer. I just say I'm both. Well, I'm you know, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a I'm a I'm on the cusp of boomer Gen X. I okay. claim the Gen X because there I'm trying like hell. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. That's why I'm claiming the millennials. I'm like, oh, just let me let me just be a millennial for one more year. But reality, man, I'm over the hill. I just I just turned forty, so I'm. I'm it's oh, you're young, brother. You're young, but you know, I am fifty nine. You're young. <laughs> oh man, well yes. you look you look great, man. Well, I, I try I try to do the right things, but what can yeah. I say?
Hey, that's amazing. That's amazing. But look, let me tell you, uh, Ben, it's been my honor to have you on Politics Done Right. Please yeah. don't become a stranger. If you ever have something to say uh, to the audience that we have here, please just, you know, give me a call. Say, Berto, I need to be on. I want to come and say that. So thank you Absolutely. so much for having Absolutely. me. Absolutely. And, and please keep an eye out for an invite because I want to get you on next week or the next, whatever, whatever's convenient for your schedule. Well, I'll be there. Thank you, my brother. All right. Take care, man. Have a good one. You too. Now. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel. And number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.